It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. As the offseason rolls along, it's time to consider what the biggest remaining question is for each team. We're focusing on the AFC today on the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the NFL on Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, Joe, I noticed you were nice and condensed there with the introduction probably because we're cognizant of the fact that this is about a 30-minute show and we've committed ourselves to doing half the league with top needs. And you and I kind of had the pep talk beforehand. Mm-hmm. And we have a bad tendency of doing this. We've been doing podcasts together since like 2015. Right? Mm-hmm. We, know, we know ourselves really well. We like to be overambitious with the amount of ground that we're going to cover and then either have to cut it short or you go way long on the timeline. And Joe, you said, you, you promised me, Mm-hmm. Now you're putting the pressure on me, and of course I'm filibustering here at the start to challenge. Yeah, here we go, <laughs> off to a booming start here. <laughs> you said if we go over, it's not going to be my fault. So yeah. I'm just trying to give everybody more locked on NFL scouting with draftees content. But if we're gonna keep it tight, then just know we're doing the whole AFC today. Yep, we're gonna have to keep this thing on a tight ship. Yep, identifying the biggest remaining unanswered question the one thing and even i told you i'm not coming with multiple i got one thing for every team uh i also have one thing for every team as well we have it laid out where we're going to do the afc east first uh and then we're going to do the afc north the afc south and the afc west that is the plan the schedule for today and can i ask you what order you chose to list these in because i I took them in the order that you texted me yeah, and is that like your predicted AFC standings no, for this upcoming no, year? Or? No, no, nope, the, J- no. The Jets were first in the East, and I was just kind of wondering why that was the case. I wanted, I didn't want to lead with the Bills and Dolphins. I wanted to lead with the other two teams. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. probably smart. As yeah. I'm sitting here with a Miami sweatshirt on, and you have a giant bison grazing in the the plains of Western New right. York behind. We're you. not hide about it. Uh, we're not yeah, hiding you know, our we, fandom. We, don't shy. we know we don't shy away yeah. from it. That's fine. But uh, okay. So with that in mind, do you want to start with the jets? Yes. Let's start with the jets. Okay. Let's dive right in. Um, why don't you go first on the East teams? I'm very excited to see where we overlap because we did not all consult right. with this at all. No consulting all right. uh, for me with the jets. It's the offensive line and Kyle, I went through every single starter and I have a question about every single one of them, whether it's the two tackles, Dwayne Brown and Mekhi Becton, uh, Max Milch Mitchell is kind of your third guy there. Uh, Wes Schweitzer, your center. He's been injured for two years. Lake and Tomlinson, not a great first season with the team. New system now in place. Elijah Veritecker coming off of an injury. I have massive questions about every single one of their starters. They got to get that figured out. I had dialed in specifically on the offensive tackle position as the, the 
area of interest. They have George Fan as an expiring contract. Doesn't sound like he's going to be back. They gave Dwayne Brown a two-year, $20 million deal last year. But Dwayne Brown's 38, right? Old. But Kai Becton's missed a lot of time. And, and Max Mitchell, we always considered to be a developmental type flight player with, with playing at Louisiana and his frame and functional strength. And he's a good fit for the system, but is that an ideal starting tackle when you're in a Super Bowl contending win now window that the New York Jets are in? Probably not. So I, I had really dialed in on, I at least have faith without the injuries that, that Schweitzer, Vera Tucker and Tomlinson are adequate level starters and should be a solid trio for you inside. We could say quarterback. I think we're under or operating under the, under the assumption that that's sure, going to happen. Some yeah. point we'll yeah. and at some point we'll have a conversation we'll, we'll about it. But yeah, yeah, we've been waiting for uh, about two weeks now, so we'll we'll, we'll stay we're on hold keep there. waiting. We're keep waiting. New England Patriots, Kyle. For me, I have down cornerback um, Jonathan Jones returning as your CB one. Jack Jones probably your starter opposite of him on the outside. Potentially Marcus Jones in the slot. Jalen Mills is moving to safety. Kyle, I don't know, man. That doesn't really move the needle for me. I know that there's probably some upward mobility for a guy like Jack Jones, but for the amount of man coverage that they want to run, relying on Jonathan Jones to match steps with number one receivers, especially in this division where you got both of those dudes in Miami, Diggs, you got Garrett Wilson. Come on now. You got you to gotta have better corners than this. So so what's interesting is I also have corner down as the, the primary need post first wave of free agency. Um, I do think the the shift in talent that they have pursued is appropriate given the teams that are in the division and the wide receivers that they have, right? They used to have the big, long, physical corners. Um, now they're going after a little bit more quick-footed guys to be their, their corners, and I think that's an appropriate maneuver when you have to cover these kinds of receivers, but I just don't know that the ceiling is there to stay competitive consistently throughout the course of a 17-game season. I think that that group just needs to be better. I think it needs more competition. It needs more high-ceiling players in it. It's hard for me to just do the one thing there, but I will bite my tongue on the other thing I have written down. Corner. Corner. It's corner Corner. for the Patriots. Corner. Uh, Miami Dolphins, Kyle, I have written down offensive line here. Um, Right now scheduled to have Austin Jackson at right tackle, Liam Eikenberg at left guard. Ideally, you'd have a more sure option at one of those spots, and then you can maybe have those two guys compete for the other position. Um, But I don't like having those two spots right now penciled in to have Jackson and Eikenberg. I know they're going to have some cap space to free up uh, June 1st, and there could be some moves there. But right right now, that's where I'm thinking for Miami. Two spots on that offensive line. I think there's two ways you could have gone here. You went one. I went the other. Tight end is the position for me. Um, this team was woefully bad running to the point of attack. I mean, they, they averaged more yards per attempt running weak side concepts versus run formational strength concepts in just about every core concept in the Shanahan playbook. Like, they could not run to the tight end side. Now they traded Hunter Long. They cut um, Seathan Carter, who missed the entire year with a concussion. Um, but you still have Durham Smythe back. You signed Eric Saubert, who's been a, a depth guy for the Broncos and what seems to be a, a bottomless pit of tight ends that they've had available. I mean, it seems like they've got five guys that play every year for the last couple of years. I think he's a good player. I think he's going to be a good fit. But is that your starter? 
Is that going to be the player who you're going to put in line and say, well, we we addressed the issues that we had to not be able to run the ball with consistency. And and look, I understand the offensive line is, is going to help you run the ball as well, but I think you got three quality starters or better up front. I do agree with you. They do need another starting caliber player at minimum uh, to put a competition with those two guys into one spot. But the tight end and for Coach McDaniel and the creativity of his offense and how he's going to scheme stuff, I just think that the tight end room needs to be dramatically different, and it's not quite done yet. It needs to be better. All right, Buffalo Bills, last team in the AFC East here. I have written down middle linebacker. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds is gone, and there has been no corresponding move uh, to do anything to replace Tyrell him Dotson. right now. Yeah, right now you're looking at a three-way competition between Tyrell Dotson, Terrell Bernard, and Balin Specter to be your Mike linebacker. Uh, I I just, I can't with that. Uh, especially for a guy in Sean McDermott who had Luke Keekley throughout his time in Carolina. One of the first orders of business in Buffalo was to draft Tremaine Edmonds to go with Josh Allen. I, I don't think this is going to be the end product, but my goodness, is it a big question for me right now? They get a, they get a draft a guy in the, like, could you see them drafting a guy in the first two rounds? Yeah, I think Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell's working Campbell. out with Luke Keekley right now. Like to me, it's destiny. Print the jerseys, whatever. Is that a, we'll just... a first-round pick, Jack Campbell? Maybe. Ideally, well, you'd like fine. to move back. Ideally, you'd like to move back. Well, what's the fallback option, Kyle? Right. There, there's not a lot of and Campbell with his athletic testing this year and his size and length can certainly overlap a little bit with what we had there before with Tremaine Edmonds before he got 18 per in a bag from the Bears. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Campbell will be the coverage player Tremaine no, is, but, he, but there's, there's at least chance. some overlap sure. there that you can sell yourself on there's a transition there to be had. Yeah. Put a little bit may, more on the safety's plate and go from there. You might be able to get a little more downhill ability from Campbell, but Tremaine in coverage is something I am not going to forget about for a long time. Uh, I have wide receiver two. Uh, obviously, there's been some rumblings when I was in the midst of, of being on my deathbed on Friday. Um, you told me, yeah, I'm on DeAndre Hopkins watch. <laughs> I, I haven't seen anything. Did it happen? <laughs> not yet. Not yet. We're, we're still on Hop Watch, though, I will say. But, but the fact that Hop Watch is happening, I think, tells mm-hmm. you a little bit about the wide receiver two position in Buffalo. And, and that's um, having more... Gabe Davis is a skill-specific player, and what he does, he does well. But I think if you ask him to expand beyond that skill set, you're probably going to want more. And Buffalo, in the midst of an arms race, and what's this year? Is this year six of their Super Bowl? Their their contending window? I mean, what, like, what's the timeline of when they this rebuild? I would started? say 20, 2020 was when everything really shifted. Um, so, but they this- but they won eleven games in nineteen. They won ten. Yeah. Okay. Come on. That's to nineteen. No, that 20, was. Yeah. Okay. You could say four. This twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three. So this is your five. Yeah. Right. So like, we got to go. So there's a little sense of urgency. Going and getting somebody like a DeAndre Hopkins would be a huge influx to that passing game. I think the Bills are of the right frame of mind to be pursuing that uh, because the difference between him and Gabe Davis as your wide receiver two would be monumental. Sign me up. All right, we got the AFC North and AFC South coming up here in just a moment. But first, I need to tell you about FanDuel. The NCAA tournament is absolutely heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, 
America's number one sports book because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, I love this. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, Joseph, AFC North time. I'd like to lead, if you don't mind. I'll Cheers. start us off here. And you know I'm feeling a little better, by the way, because I got my C4 with me today. Oh, so. yeah. You know, I have not seen you with a C4 in a long time, yeah, and that's we concerning. Through, we were going through withdrawal. I do have a Gatorade over there, too. But, okay. uh, uh Pittsburgh Steelers were the first team that Joe listed. So, for whatever reason, Joe didn't want to start with the Browns and Bengals, I suppose. He wanted to start with the, the Steelers and Ravens. So, let's do the Pittsburgh Steelers first. I've left tackle down for this team. Dan Moore, uh Coming out of Texas A&M a couple years ago, got a little bit of run. I think he's a good NFL offensive lineman. I don't know that his ceiling at tackle, there was some question. Is he a utility guy? Is he a guy who plays inside? Is he a guy who plays at left tackle? I just think you could probably get a lot more impact, especially with where Pittsburgh is picking in this year's draft, with a different player in that spot, and then having Dan Moore be a flexibility player, or if you end up transitioning for financials away from Chukwuma Okora for, I think there's a lot of dominoes that could fall if you add a quality starting left tackle into the mix for the Steelers. I, I also considered corner. Obviously, they brought in Pat Pete, but Dan Moore and left tackle was my answer here. What's fascinating about this is I have a different primary thing and a different oh. also considered thing. Okay. So... One of my big takeaways in studying the AFC in preparation for this conversation is that I'm a little concerned about the Steelers right now. Uh, but my biggest question to me is middle linebacker, where you went through this Devin Bush, Miles Jack experiment last year, and that didn't work out. And you said, you know what we're going to do? You know what we're going to do? We're going to bring in Cole we're Holcomb getting... and a Landon Roberts. Less and dynamic players <laughs> that Come also on. don't have – also see the game through the cone, right? Come on, man. That We, we can't do that. We cannot do that at middle linebacker. Um, what's funny is my – I thought about offensive line, uh, but then I just didn't know where to put Dan Moore, and then it's like because you have Daniels and you have Siamalu at guard, but I think you make a good point. Maybe it's right tackle. You get a better left tackle. Um, but it's it's this wide receiver situation. I like Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, but I think you need three in today's NFL, and right now you're kind of counting on Calvin Austin off of injury to, to Calvin be that Austin guy. truther. Can Joe I, Marino, yeah. E2 Boutte. He's small and coming off of an injury, okay? <laughs> I, I like these as X factors, okay? But, like, right now you're oh, looking wow. at him to get a decent amount of targets Twist here. Twist of fate, Jeff yeah, Hardy. Listen, Jeez, so, Louise. I don't know. Questions. We have questions about Pittsburgh. Sorry, Sam Teets, man. Love you, but I don't know. I don't know about this team right now. Baltimore Ravens. Yep. 
the question that I have is, are you trading Lamar Jackson? It's the only thing you can put down, right? You didn't put anything else down, did you? I put literally a resolution at quarterback. Okay, great. Yeah. So are you trading Lamar Jackson? Yes or no? Are you going to sign him? Are you going to give him the contract that he wants? Is anybody going to give him the contract that he wants? Is he going to sell a bunch of these briefcase gyms that he's <laughs> apparently been working on on the side? Like, there's a lot of questions with Lamar right now, and there's no clarity whatsoever. And I don't know. I certainly hope that there's a resolution before the draft as a Dolphins guy because the worst thing that could happen was that we get past the draft and Lamar's still on the non-exclusive tender so that all the big media can come back out and say, here come the Dolphins to offer two first-round picks for Lamar Jackson. I can't do it. So somebody please sign Lamar Jackson to a long-term deal between now and the draft because I can't, my mentality can't handle it. Please. Sorry, I just made your segment about me and my team and my oh, problems, yeah. but there's nothing else to talk about here. And it's like I, there's no clear and obvious path from each party's perspective on how to figure this out. Well, I, the reality is there is more to talk about, but you can't talk about it until you have a quarterback figured out. Right. Like receiver here is a, not a good situation, right? Like that's definitely a concern, but yep. until I know who's playing quarterback, I, I can't get there. Uh, the Cleveland Browns. I have stack linebacker written down for the Browns. Obviously getting Dalvin Tomlinson was a huge add on the interior defensive line uh, for them. Agbo Okoronku is a nice ad for in lieu of Jadavion Clowney. But Anthony Walker, Jacob Phillips, Sion Takitaki, Walker with injury issues. I know they, they seem to be high on Phillips. I don't know. And then Takitaki they chose to bring back uh, in free agency. I just think that group... When you think about the DNA of like what successful NFL linebackers are, especially now that you got Dalvin Tomlinson playing in front, um, you have a really nice player in Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa that can be a, a chess piece and weapon. But chess pieces and weapons can somewhat be watered down if the players that surround them that do the complementary roles are more one dimensional in what they do. And that's the concern that I have for the stack backers for Cleveland. I have defensive line, particularly the depth written the depth. down here. Yeah, I mean, I've celebrated Delvin Tomlinson and Agbo Ankaronkwu as really good signings for them to go with Miles Garrett. But you're still leaning on Jordan Elliott to start next to Delvin Tomlinson. You're leaning on guys like Tristan Hill and Maurice Hurst to kind of put it together and be something that they haven't been in a while. Um, you need development from year two players like Alex Wright, Perrion Winfrey, Isaiah Thomas. I don't know. Like to me, you've improved the situation, but you're still in this spot where you're relying on a lot of unknown commodities to play a lot of snaps up front for your defense. So I still think we got some work to do here. I'd be really looking at some of these veteran guys that are available right now to just put in there with these players to give yourself a real chance to not have to rely on so many unproven commodities at a really important spot. Hey, do we do we think with the Elijah Moore thing, they move themselves out of the range of drafting Keanu Benton and Mozzie Smith? Well, their first pick's not till what, like in the seventies now? Yeah, seventies. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be. Yeah, I don't think they're touching those players. Which were really you, you, when you tried to project fits. I think guys like Mozzie Smith and Keanu Benton, who had some explosiveness, but were really stout players. 
and can play in the A-gaps, you, you like that. And I get Dalvin Tomlinson can be some of that, and you're kind of projecting the other guys as three techniques. But, Joe, like you said, that, that's a really incomplete group around Dalvin Tomlinson on the interior. It's a good call. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. If there's any question, this is tight end, right? I had a feeling you were going to go tight end, so I had something else written down okay. so we could bring well, something else to the table. I mean, dude, the, the three deep is Devin Asai, Tanner Hudson, and Nick Bowers. Yeah, it's not good. In a, in a unit that makes its hay by having just mismatched players all over the field in the passing game, how about we get a how about we get some kind of a high floor player here at the tight end position? Because right now. Asai was a nice prospect coming out of UCLA, but he's done nothing since getting drafted in the third round by the Patriots. And the other guys are practice squad players. Like you have one roster of <laughs> tight end on the roster. The way I have it written down is the biggest hole is at tight end. I 1 million percent okay. agree. My biggest question is at right tackle. Um, where is Jonah Williams going to slide over and do it? If he does, can he play there? He's a you know one year left last year of his deal type situation. Lyle Collins, torn ACL like around Christmas time. Sounds like he's getting yeah. cut. Yeah, you could free six million by cutting him. And so now you're living in this world. If neither of those guys are your right tackle, are you really going to start Cody Ford there? Are you going to try to slide over Jackson Carmen? Hakeem Adenogy, haven't we seen enough of him at right tackle to know that that doesn't work? So I agree that the biggest hole is that tight end. The biggest question I have is that right tackle. Okay, okay. Uh, do you want me to finish out the segment or do you want to start with the NFC South teams? We got two teams. We have half uh, the yeah, South. Finish it out. Finish it, finish out, it yeah. out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee Titans. And the biggest question I have is what are you going to get for Derrick Henry? <laughs> when you look at the, ro- let, I mean, let's be honest. No, when, I appreciate this as an answer. Yeah, I do. When you look at the roster, when you look at the trend of the team, when you look at the assets that are available and you look at Derrick Henry in a vacuum, how do you not trade him this offseason? Got to do it. How do you not get something for him? And and listen, this it kind of reminds me. It's a more extreme version of. Do you remember when the Packers were flirting with the Texans about trading for Will Fuller? Mm-hmm. And the Texans wanted a two, and the Packers offered a four, and we didn't want to come in the middle and just accept the three and move on. And I remember when that move happened, I blasted it. As like, Mm -hmm. this is so stubborn from both parties here that we couldn't get this done and figure this out. And I remember there was somebody who on social had like responded to the story and like thought it was like ridiculous that, that even trading Will Fuller would be in discussion. And then he posted like a 200 yard game, like the following week. And then he got suspended and then he played in two games for the Dolphins, like caught one pass and has not played since like, the cliffs come for guys suddenly when they come. And you certainly would have would not have predicted that the cliff was going to come for Will Fuller that quickly, but he was in a contract year. It was blatantly obvious he was not going to be back with the team. And you look at Derrick Henry and his age and his workload and the direction of the, of the Titans franchise, and the only reason you would keep him on the roster is nostalgia. I don't think it's good business to keep Derrick Henry continuing on the roster with this, the trend and the state of the Tennessee Titans. I love that answer. Um if you were to see my notes right now, I have Titans, colon, issues all over this roster. Um, it's crazy. I, I'll say this, the direction that I want to go, and I, I, I really do like your answer. I would agree with you. Um, wide receiver stands out in a big way to me where you have Traylon Burks, year two. 
and then what? Nick Westbrook, Akine, Kyle, Kyle Phillips. Phillips. And, and the reason I pick this is because I think they've somewhat pieced together the offensive line. I have massive questions there about Andre Dillard at left tackle and potentially sliding over Aaron Brewer to center. Dylan Raduins, has he proven to be a starter? There's questions there. But I thought about, okay, Malik Willis obviously didn't give us a whole lot to be excited about last year, but there's going to be a new quarterback here, right? A new legit commitment to a quarterback you would think in the next two seasons. Yeah. And I thought one of the most meaningful things that they could do is really get this wide receiver core to a place where that, that quarterback's going to come in and have a chance. So again, issues everywhere. I just thought about long-term, the biggest thing we need is a quarterback the best way we can help that quarterback right now is to kind of get some establishment with your weapons. And and can we say I know we I know we got to move, but I want to say this for a lot of the Titans fans who might be listening who probably didn't like what I just had to say. I give you all a ton of credit. You had six consecutive winning seasons. You went nine and seven, nine and seven, nine and seven, nine and seven. Made a quarterback change in there. Went to a conference championship game. Then won eleven games and then won twelve. That's a that is as good of a buildup to give yourself an extended Super Bowl winning window that you could possibly have. The challenges were you didn't draft a quarterback early that turned into a top five quarterback in the NFL, so you had to try and circumvent and navigate around that. You did a really nice job. But this is a normal part of the team building process now, is you're going to have to be a team in transition. And you've seen the general manager change. I think the head coach has proven that he deserves to be here through the transition. And this year might be bumpy. This year might be rough. I know the end of last year was rough. But, like, when we talk about that roster, please understand that that's through the lens of understanding that, like, you had a really nice six-year run here of consecutive winning seasons and giving yourself chance, a couple nice playoff runs, right? Number one seed two years ago, AFC right. Championship game. I but think John the, Robinson's the biggest problem. I think he, he, he absolutely swung and missed too many times to get the team over the hump. I think this is a perfect embodiment of of what team building should look like in the NFL unless you have an elite quarterback on your roster. People look at the New England Patriots, they're going to point to the Kansas City Chiefs, the the Buffalo Bills right now. They're going to point to those teams and say, oh, well, they're going to be in it every year. The, the, The Cincinnati Bengals with Joe Burrow, the window is my career. Like, that's all great, and that's all probably accurate. But if you don't have that dude on your roster, the Titans are the textbook example, in my mind, of what building should look like. The Eagles did this several times. Mm-hmm. the Titans are in the middle of it now and just this year is going to be bumpy and that's okay but because of that why would you keep the 30 year old running back who's going to make how many millions of dollars this season lots of millions of dollars get something for him and build yeah. some more assets up and I agree there. he hit 1500 yards last year right like the, right he could still play still this isn't Arizona trying to get rid of Hopkins right two lackluster seasons a lot of dynamics there clearly a team in transition you're there's should be some Derrick reasonable Henry, value yeah. for Derrick Henry. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Texans, quarterback. What kind of offense do you want to play? That's the only question. That's the the big mystery question right yeah. now. Is what kind of offense do you want to play? Yeah. It's quarterback. I could talk myself into, like, I don't think they have enough mass at defensive on the defensive line, mm-hmm. but it's it's quarterback. So, well, there we go. We still got a couple more teams in the AFC South. Colts, Jaguars, the AFC West all coming your way here after a quick break. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joe, I'm not a math guy, but, but we're going to be pressed here for 30 minutes. I'm gonna tell okay, you. well. So I'm going to let you lead things off with the Indianapolis Colts. Should be you're pretty gonna, easy. You're going to lead each one of the, the remaining six teams. Biggest primary question after the first wave of free agency. Go. Uh, Colts, it's quarterback. I know they brought in Garner Minshew. Sam Ellinger's still around, but you, you're picking in the top five. Find your quarterback that you like and roll with it. So that was that. – I'm glad you mentioned that. That's the only thing I have down for the Colts is can you go get one? Because if you don't go get one, you run the risk of being picking over. Like, you, you might have to trade to three defensively to avoid picking the last of the four. That's a hard spot to be in when you have as many needs at primary positions as the Colts do. So I agree with you, but that's that was the question that I had down in my notes was, can you afford to play defense and block from taking the last of the four? Are, are the Colts the most logical team to swoop in for Lamar? Physical at offensive this, line, big bodied weapons. You got John Taylor. You got Shane Steichen. At this point, probably. You'd have to think about it. They've been living in a world in which they've had unlimited cap space with Chris <laughs> Ballard for forever. Yeah. Uh, Jaguars. Yep. Jaguars, I have written down the offensive line. I don't. I don't think we're talking enough about this. I was studying this offensive line. You're rolling with Ben Barch at left guard, completely unproven player. Walker Little at right tackle, who's who played a little bit last year and held his own. But that that makes me uneasy. And, and I think that even with – you still have your young center in Luke Fortner who played well last year. I think a, a guy like Barch next to him is not going to help. It's better and, than Tyler Shatley. Yeah, he probably is, and you still have Tyler Shatley, I, I, so there's I that. I promise you he's better than Tyler Shatley. I watched a lot of Jaguars I, offense last year. <laughs> point being, I think you got two questions here on this offensive line that I would want some hedges, meaningful hedges, to to go with them. I also had the interior line, but I had on the defensive side of the ball. Devon Hamilton, nice steps forward. Finally looked like the player we thought he could be at Ohio State. Roy Robertson-Harris is a solid player, but you need you need more. You need more. When you look at the teams that are building these offensive lines in the AFC South, like you got to have a two deep. Look at what the Philadelphia Eagles assembled as the extreme example with their defensive line rotation with all the defensive ends and all the uh, all the, the signing in Damakansu and Linval Joseph midway through the season. And Joe, or you made plenty of points about how they drafted a player in the top 15 to play 15 snaps a game and be a part of a rotation, right? But that's, that's the mentality. Um, I think you really could have benefit Fali Fatukasi is the other guy projected penciled to be a starter amongst that group. Then you got Adam Gotsis and a couple of the guys. I think that group really needs a lot of, it needs more stout bodies, period. I agree. Uh, Raiders, time for the AFC West. This is... Right? There's a lot of acceptable <laughs> answers for the Raiders, Kyle. But, but brother, right now at defensive tackle, we're rolling with Jerry Tillery, and Bilal Nichols, 
We can't go to don't war. Don't forget, with we, that. they just signed John Jenkins. Yeah, big 34 year old John Jenkins. Don't yeah. forget, there's a big free agent signing for them up front. Especially when your scheduled starting linebackers are Divine Diablo and Robert Spillane. We, Kyle, that ain't good enough. That's, I had, that's, that's questionable reserves on your two deep, much what, less your starters. What were the questions that we had? What were the two big issues we had with the Raiders roster last year? IOL and IDL. What players have they added to that group this offseason? Jerry Tillery and John Jenkins. That's it on both sides of the ball. It's insane to me that, that a Patriots disciple <laughs> head coach has this much blatant disregard for the offensive and defensive lines. And maybe they'll get it figured out. Maybe they'll they'll transition and they'll pick a bunch of guys in the draft and I know they picked a couple of the guys in a couple of guys in the draft last year, right? Matthew Butler and who was the other guy that they picked? They picked him earlier. You're putting me on the spot. I cannot. Yeah, I, can't I know. I can't think right of it now. either. But um, that the interior line, line of scrimmage, I cheated. That was the one I did take too because I just looked at. <laughs> I'm like, dude, their their additions on the inside of the line on both sides of the ball are John Jerry and, and Jerry Tillery. Can't happen. We got to draft there heavy. They better be hoping. They must be hoping Jalen Carter is going to fall to to their spot at what is that seven? Super Raidersy type thing, right? Right. Uh, were you thinking of Dylan Parham as an interior offensive lineman? No, didn't they draft two defensive tackles last they, year? They may have. I know they they double dip quite a bit. I'm actually, be more floating around it. producing this thing. I'm gonna pull yeah, it float, up. You float. I'll. I'll uh... It was Neil Brock... Neil Farrell. Neil Farrell. Oh and Matthew yeah. Butler. Okay. Well. Right, like, are are those guys? Is a good prospect going to prevent? And I don't even think necessarily would qualify either one of those guys as good prospects. Is good potential from, rotational guys prevent you from <laughs> from adding a starting caliber player on your interior <laughs> line? Yeah, well, there you go. I agree with you. Denver Broncos. Um, I have five tech written down. Okay, got Zach Allen as a big ticket player, and then what else? I mean. Yeah, I, I, and it was funny. I watched uh, Zach Allen for some reason um, over the watching, weekend. Were you watching games for DeAndre Hopkins? No, I was watching an offensive. Oh, I was watching David Edwards. That's what I was doing. Watching David Edwards against Scout the Cardinals. Yeah, Rams. Yeah, that's what I was doing. Why was Why was I watching Zach Allen? That, that's why I was watching <laughs> David Edwards. Um, so yeah, your other starter at five tech opposite of Allen is Jonathan Harris, who's a completely unproven player in the NFL. Um, I think for you to to unleash this defense, which obviously is going to be predicated on a lot of speed off the edge with Gregory, uh, Baron Browning, Nick Benito, right? You want to have those slashers to go with your I, your compression style guys, guys that can you can run games with and, and be creative up front. I, I just feel like you're going to need a lot more than Zach Allen and Jonathan Harris there at five tech to really unleash what you want to be with that front. I had DBs. Uh... Beyond what they have with Pat Sertain and Justin Simmons, and I know Caden Stearns has flashed a little bit, the rest of that DB group, I think they, they've got a lot of young guys. Damari Mathis. Yeah, but um, Damari Mathis was a mid-round pick in 2022, right? right? Like, is he going to be your other starting corner? Like, Can you get another stud to, to put in there and really make that the, like a strength and backbone of your team? Um, that, for me, is a group that, as a, a position room in its totality – I would really like to see the Broncos get more competition and get more talented. 
Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl champions. I have written down wide receiver. Uh, you will, you lost Juju Smith-Schuster. You really haven't replaced him. I, I'm sure they're counting on a lot more from Kadarius Toney and, mm-hmm. of course, Sky Moore uh, to go with uh, MVS at receiver. But I think they need a, another meaningful guy. They have room for it. They have a room for a guy that can command a lot of volume. And, you know, Kadarius Toney, for as exciting as he can be, the injuries just seem to always be there with him. And so now you lean even more into your depth. And so I think that this is the type of team that, like we talked about last week with Hopkins, I think he makes a lot of sense there. It's a team that should be really thinking about Odell Beckham Jr. as an option. Of course, the draft, I think they need a, a guy here to command some market share in this passing game. I've right tackle. Uh, they lost both tackles. Uh, they have Lucas Nyang currently penciled in there. We like Lucas Nyang coming out of TCU, but in the long road. Man. It's been a long road since that, right? So is that a player that you want to put all your eggs in that basket? Uh, I agree with you with wide receiver. Uh, I think there's enough between the growth of Sky Moore and and the continued improvement of Kadarius Toney in that offense and uh, obviously what Travis Kelsey does to change the numbers in the passing game on the outside for them um, that I felt that, that Nang was probably the more pressing one for me to address as I was looking at the Chiefs roster. All right. Last team, Chargers. Last team. This is one of those that I had two things written down and figured you'd an go one way, one. and then I just go the other way, and so I got to lead off. So here we go. Oh, now, now I have to decide. Um, I'll go with the offensive thing. Uh, I think you need some wide receiver depth here. I also have wide receiver depth. Mike Mike Williams obviously makes an impact when he's available, but injuries have been a thing there. Same with Keenan Allen. I think he missed seven games last year. Josh Palmer stepped up. He caught over seventy passes, but. I think you need some variety here with your skill sets. Um, and, you know, Mike Williams is 28. Keenan Allen's on the wrong side of 30 now. I would want to start developing some young pass catchers in this offense that can complement now and really take roles in the future. Man, I wish I knew who did this work. It might have been Matt Harmon, but I can't guarantee that it was Matt Harmon. But somebody looked at, like, Josh Palmer and Josh Palmer is kind of like a buzzy name for like fantasy production because he, he plays in the Chargers offense and he had a couple outbreak games, but like the games in which Josh Palmer was one of the featured players in the passing game, the Chargers had like their worst offensive performances mm. of the season. Like I have, I have get better from Josh Palmer written down. <laughs> That's that's my wide receiver note. And, and the Mike Williams with the injuries is a great point. And Keenan Allen's getting older, and it looked like they might be a split there, and it looks like they figured it out. So that's good. But I don't, I don't know how much you can just be content with your depth chart to say, oh, yeah, we got a good one through three, because your three's going to end up being your two mm-hmm. by November based on historical trends. Yep. Right. And he might not be, but even then having a better three is still beneficial yeah. regardless. So I, I had wide receiver down for the Chargers as well. I think you make a case for some more depth at pass rusher. Obviously, Mack and Bose is exciting, but what else? Chris Rumpf. Right, Morgan Fox. Yeah, I, yeah. I, that's that was my other thing. OK. Yeah. Good call, Joe. Well, we we clocked in at about 38 minutes. Mm, We're okay. under 40. 
Under 40, we got off on the Titans a little bit. I successfully filibustered for two. I'm going to take another 15 seconds here at the close and thank everybody for listening to Locked on NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We are your teams every day here on the Locked on Network. We appreciate you checking out the show. Make it a great rest of your Monday. We will be back to talk with you all again tomorrow to go through the NFC side of things. We're looking forward to it. We hope you are too. Thanks for watching. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.